Show. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the Pete Callender Show, Wednesday, first hour. Welcome. 704-570-1110. I just heard the news, uh, uh, Mark Muller's newscast there. So CMS is installing all of the, the body scanners. and So just word of advice to Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools before you... Uh, before you commit to purchasing all of those things, just take a look at the warning labels on those just to make sure, yeah, just to make sure that there's no like California-specific labeling that says if you eat too many of the body scanners, you'll get cancer, much like the uh, the plastic uh, book bags. I would hate to see the body scanners go out onto the, the surplus market for pennies on the dollar like the uh, the clear backpacks did. I'm just trying to be helpful. You know me. I'm a giver. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Also, the email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. How about that inflation? Oh, my gosh. It's just whew, so hot. It's just coming in so much higher than anybody expected. It's just amazing. It's a sign that the Biden recovery is working. Right? It's, a, it's proof that the economy is strong. Now, I don't know about you, but it has definitely impacted me. Uh, I, was sit- I sat down to do the budget uh, the other night, and uh, I had to start making some cuts. So the caviar budget, that got cut right in half. That's it. There's no more, no more full caviar line items. Uh, I think Bernie was talking about training in his Lamborghini, for Mercedes Benz now, and uh, Chris said he had to he had to call and downgrade that top level finishes packages on his second Lake Wiley yacht, and so he's just going to go with sort of the mid tier package there. I don't know why you need two yachts, but um, yeah, because you need three exactly. It's just building. He's just building the Armada. Um, so no, in all seriousness, inflation has accelerated now to 9.1%, and this is for the 12 months that ended in June. Okay, so it's a year-over-year, it's a 12-month look-back, basically, that we get. It's a rolling 12-month inflation number, 9.1% for the 12 months ending in June. It is soaring. It is near the worst it has been since the Great Inflation, which helped bring President Ronald Reagan to office. Consumer prices have been rising fast since last August, especially for staples such as food and gas, which we all know nobody really buys that stuff anymore, right? Um, Rising energy prices accounted for half of the total inflation, so-called Core CPI, Consumer Price Index, core CPI, which strips out the food and energy prices, which, like I said, we don't use, so why even bother to track that stuff? Um, The core CPI, that went up not by 9.1%. That only went up 5.9%. Very manageable, see? So if you just stop buying gas and you stop buying food, um, then you know, your dollar is only worth less 5.9% rather than less 9.1%. See? Strong economy. What have I been saying? The Fed announced in March that it's going to raise its interest rate target by a quarter of a percentage point. 
That would be the first rate hike since 2018. The point there is to try to rein in the higher prices. Although some economists and many Republicans who are pouncing and seizing upon the information released today, uh, they say that the central bank should have moved sooner to reverse its pandemic emergency measures. Here's another idea. Um, Stop spending. How about that? How about we stop spending? How about we rein in some spending at the federal level? How about that? No? No. See, the problem is a lot of this is already baked in because the spending has already been approved. A lot of it's not even out the door. Isn't that amazing? The COVID relief money, a lot of it still isn't even out the door. The ARPA stuff, they're not out the door. They've approved all of this extra spending and it's not even been distributed yet. I saw, what was it, just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how the, was it the, the city council, the county commission, uh, they, were, they were just now starting to distribute ARPA funds. It's amazing. According to the Washington Times' Zachary Halishak, he says the central bank conducted an increase of half a percentage point in May, and then after the consumer price index ticked up 8.6% that month, It then did a three-fourths of a percentage point. That is the first time it has done so since 1994. Year of the Republican Revolution. Adding to the inflationary flames is the war in Ukraine. I am not one who blames it all on Putin. It's not a Putin price hike. But it does have an impact. The conflict pushed energy prices through the roof. Um, because Russia is one of the largest producers of oil and natural gas. And what the Times doesn't add there is that, you know, we have been sending signals to the energy sector in America, whether it's shutting down uh, distribution pipelines or it's ESG horse hockey or it's uh, uh, subsidizing alternative sources of energy at the expense of fossil fuels. It's making energy more expensive, um, regulatory hurdles and the like. We are sending the message to the uh, energy producers that your days are numbered, that depending on who's in charge of the policy, they're going to take out your industry. That's the signal. So if you are members of that industry, why are you making any kind of long-term investment plans? Why would you be doing that? Knowing that in five, 10 years from now, you may not have a, a viable business model due to politics, due to whoever takes over. And by whoever takes over, I mean Democrats, right? I mean, that's, they, they have a they have long stated their goal to drive up the price of energy so people move off of the traditional current sources of energy. Well, all right, except nuclear. I mean, sorry, we're not gonna, yeah, we're not gonna go towards nuclear. Let's not get crazy, even though it's, yeah, it's clean, has no emissions and all that. I mean, we're gonna save the planet, but, We're not going to go nuclear. Come on now. So they are constantly trying to drive up those prices in order to move us to renewables, quote unquote, renewables. Which, by the way, have you ever done the deep dive on the batteries that are used for the EVs, for the electric vehicles? It's amazing. Apparently, like that is a finite resource. There, There aren't enough rare earth minerals and metals and stuff for us to actually convert our entire automotive supply in america over and and globally especially you, 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 there aren't enough there's not enough mining 
and I guess, you know, child labor um, in these developing countries uh, to mine the mines. There's just not enough mining and people uh, to generate the, the, the product. But forward, as the progressives like to say, the average price of gas broke record highs in June, surpassing $5 a gallon, according to AAA. And since then, oil prices have come down a bit. Gas is now averaging four sixty-six per gallon. I've seen some of our friends on the left and in the media, but I repeat myself, uh, wondering where are all the stories talking about the decline in gas prices? Why, why aren't they covering that on the local news? What's the deal? And guys, it's still four sixty-six a gallon. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. So have you seen this inflation personally? Have you made adjustments yourself? I already told you I cut back on my caviar budget. <laughs> I don't eat, I would not eat caviar. Just a heads up. I would not even, it, that is just some nasty stuff. Um, I, I make those jokes because I've had people, people make all sorts of assumptions about the pay scale of radio people for some reason. Yeah, they think we're like television people or teachers. Um, <laughs> but have you made adjustments in your personal budget? I mean, the gas is one thing. I, we were, my wife and I were talking a couple of weeks back. She's been driving out, or she was driving out to see my uh, nephews uh, in the evenings. They'd go out, you know, they play baseball, but they're out in like uh, Albemarle area. Right there, way east of Charlotte. And she would, you know, get off work and she would drive out there. She was, it, it, it's not that long of a drive from her workplace, but on the way back, it is. You got to go all the way across Mecklenburg County after coming out of uh, Albemarle. So it's a good hour long drive. And, you know, when you have two, three ball games a week, started doing the math on that. And that's essentially because she's having to fill up the tank to do that. And it's about $120 in gas, extra, above what you normally spend. And at some point, I'm sorry, but we can't come to the games because it's too expensive. We can't take two cars because then you would double all of those costs. These are real costs. The average price of gas is right now, according to AAA, about four sixty-six a gallon, how about this one? The average weekly grocery spending. What is it in your house? Do you know? First off, you should always have a budget. This is one of the life lessons here. Have a budget. Literally have a budget. Sit down. Do a budget. You know, after, take your checkbook or your bank statements and go through. Does anybody even do the balance checkbook anymore? So take your bank statements from like the last six months and go through and put things into categories and track your spending. You're never going to get a, a hold of your spending. You're never going to know what your budget is if you never sit down and actually do a budget. It sounds pretty obvious, but apparently it's one of the many things that we don't actually teach kids. Have a budget. Stick to the budget. And you'll be amazed how fast you'll get out of debt. And I speak from experience. I speak from experience. You have to keep track of your money. It's like Marcus Lemonis, whatever you think of him, I don't care. But when he did the show The Profit and he would go and, you know, save these small family-owned businesses and he would talk with them 
and he would ask him, what are your numbers? Same thing comes up on Shark Tank. They always ask the uh, the business owners, the entrepreneurs, what are your numbers? And if they don't know their numbers, you don't know your business. That's what Lamonis would always say. And that's exactly right. If you don't know what's coming in and what's going out and what your costs are, and that applies to your household budget as well, right? then you don't know the business. You have to know your numbers. So what has happened to the uh, uh, to household budgets on grocery spending, just grocery spending? It's $148 a week. One forty-eight per week. That's just for groceries. That's not eating out. One forty-eight per week. So do the math on that. Oh darn it! I shouldn't have said that. All right, one forty-eight. Right, one fifty. Say times two is three hundred. Times another two. It's like six hundred dollars a month. Six hundred bucks a month. What was it? It was about one fourteen. It was one fourteen. Before the pandemic hit, according to the Food Industry Association, uh, the FMI. So 148 up from 114. What is that? Like $30 a week difference? It's an extra $120 per month. Or a tank of gas to go watch a Little League baseball game. Do they call it Little League anymore? I don't even know. Now. You're going to hear Democrats and media, but I repeat myself. They're going to talk about the jobs, the jobs report, because uh, the economy added 372,000 jobs in June. Yay! That is more than 100,000, or sorry, more than the 100, oh, sorry, hang on a second. This is Washington Times. These print people. More than 100,000 more jobs than most economists had expected. Okay, so economists were expecting somewhere around a quarter of a million and it came in at 372. And so, yay, the unemployment rate has remained the same at 3.6%. That matches the level it was before the pandemic struck. So we added all of these all of these jobs, but the unemployment rate stays the same. That's kind of weird. The Fed's rate hikes are designed to slow spending and drive down prices. The trade-off is a recession. All right, so the trade-off is a recession, but at least it's going to drive down prices for, well, for us. Yeah. The economy contracted. You know what a recession is? It's, it's negative growth, which is contraction. I always hate that term, negative growth. It's two of those, two straight quarters, right? When you get them back-to-back. That's technically a recession. And so we already got one in the first quarter and uh, looking like it for the second as well. How is this impacting you? That's a fair point. Fair point on the Twitter machine here from at Patriot Girl. Yeah, she says, uh, caviar. Like, Christy would eat caviar. That's true. Christy has a very limited palate. (laughs) So caviar, I wouldn't eat it either. But I got texture issues. It looks like, um, it looks like fish brains. And then people, I know what you're going to say. 
You're going to say, oh, no, it's not fish brains, it's fish eggs. And that just makes it worse. I used to love she crab soup. I mean, I still do. I love the taste of it. And then someone told me how they make it. And, like, they harvest the what now? Ugh. Yeah. I, here's another one. Peaches. Peaches. Not the person in front of you in the drive through lane that's yelling at the barista. No, the peaches is, um, peaches, they have that fuzz. I had, eh. Anchovies. There's another one. Love the taste of the anchovy, but it's got the hairs. I generally make it a rule not to eat stuff. It's got like fuzz and hairs and all that stuff growing out of it like that. I just, eh, not going to do it. And, oh, and things that are alive. Like people who like eat fish that are still alive. Yep, nope, not doing it. Won't do that either. That's just me. Um, Gas prices did ease a little bit last month. All right, they did come down. Now, some expected the overall rate of inflation in the Consumer Price Index to slow from its previously torrid pace, says Ed Morrissey at HotAir.com. But they were wrong. The rate of inflation actually got worse in June, jumping 1.3% month-on-month from May, which had increased 1% from April. So year-on-year, they call it, or year-over-year, Y-O-Y, the the year over year CPI accelerated to 9.1%. There is something else to keep in mind here that this is all on top of sort of the baseline built in increased costs. So whatever happened prior to last June, any increase then is already baked into the cake now. Liz Ann Saunders of Charles Schwab said, quote, there's no spinning this other than the Fed has to get more aggressive near term and crush demand. What does that mean? Crush demand. It means you need to stop buying stuff. You need to cut out caviar from your budget. Stop buying the second yacht. (laughs) This and that this aggressive posture that these, quote, experts and the economists are saying the Fed has to take, that makes it all but inevitable that a recession is here. The Federal Reserve is going to have no choice but to get even more aggressive in containing inflation, and they are a long way off from getting it under control. We'll keep paying double-digit percentage increases at the grocery store for several months. That's what that means. The year-over-year comparison basis now is starting to land on months that were already at accelerated inflation levels. That means these new year-on-year results are worse than they actually appear. That's a 9.1% CPI rate based on a June 2021 result that was well over 5% CPI inflation all on its own. Remember the, oh, remember the good old days of 5% inflation? I'm having these visions. I mean, okay, yes, I could take the easy layup here and say the wheelbarrow's full of, uh, uh, full of you know dollars in order to get a loaf of bread. But there's there's actually a story I remember reading years ago about what happened in the 
the Weimar Republic or Weimar Republic. And I'm not, this isn't about the Nazis, although it kind of tangentially is. But it's not about the Nazis. No, it, it's what helped lead to the, the rise of the Nazi Party, which was the utter economic collapse that Germans were experiencing. And there was a story about how they were issuing, their businesses would have to issue paychecks multiple times per day. They were having to pay people several times a day because by the end of the day, what was it, the mark? Is that what it was called? I forget what the, I'm not a currency guy, but the, the, it was worth less by the end of the workday than it was at the beginning. So they were constantly having to cut paychecks. And I get this vision in my head of sort of like the gas station signs that tell you about the price of gas, except it's going to be on all of the store shelves. And stuff is just going to be constantly changing by the time you get it up to the counter to check out. Because that's what happens when, when you have too many dollars chasing too few goods. That's what infl- that's inflation. Everybody's got we have all this money. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Democrats and Republicans in Congress. And even thank you, Donald Trump. You guys started pushing all the money out the door, borrowing all this money in order to give it to uh, the to the people. Because you didn't know what else to do. And so print a bunch of money, although not even printed one and zero, a bunch of money on the on the computers. And everybody's getting checks for not working and checks for just, you know, being locked down, checks for not doing anything. I mean, honestly, what did you expect was going to happen? You have too many dollars now that are out sort of at sea. And this is where they talk about the, you know, it's got the, it, they come back on shore. It goes out, it's like the tide, and it has to come back in. And when it comes back in, well, if I come in there and I'm like, hey, I got $100, I want to buy your product, but the guy next to me, well, he also has $100 because you gave us both $100. Well, now the price becomes $100 plus whatever else we want to spend it on. And so the prices just keep going up. It has to level. This isn't rocket science. I'm not a rocket scientist, nor am I an economist. But even I know this. Not a single category of goods and services even came close to the 2% inflation target that the Fed says is needed for stability. None of them. Not a single category. Virtually all major component indices increased. The largest contributors? Shelter, used cars and trucks, medical care, Motor vehicle insurance, new vehicles, vehicle repair, apparel, household furnishings, household operations, recreation. The only indices to decline, virtually the only ones, the few major ones, lodging away from home and airline fares. That's it. So I guess travel more? Otherwise, expect to spend a lot more. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's get Jim on the program. Hello, Jim. How are you? Hey, Pete. I don't know about the chips and dip, but uh, I don't know if the whiskey was a total mistake. That's, That's fair. That's a fair point. It actually is not, actually. You are allowed to have whiskey 
on uh, on program as long as you don't overdo it because it slows down your metabolism. But the brown liquor, uh, white liquors, those are fine as long as you don't use mixers like of a sugary nature. So yeah, just straight whiskey well, or Pete, on the rocks. I'm I'm a geezer, and one thing I've learned is you you start with the chips and dip, <laughs> and then you work your way into the whiskey. No, no, no. No, see, so part of the problem, Jim, was that, uh, or two problems. Number one, you have to wait for your body to metabolize the food out. So you got to wait two hours before you have the whiskey. And and because when you're in the fat burn phase, your body is firing on all cylinders and you're burning the fat so fast and the food so fast that now you're, you got no more food in your stomach. And then you have the whiskey and it's like, oh, there's nothing in there. And so it goes right to the liver. The other thing is um, after you drop more than 90 pounds, the whole equation of how much you can drink and how you make your mixed drinks and all that stuff, all of that changes. So, and I was not really, I did not take that into account the first time uh, that I had uh, alcohol after I dropped all the weight. It's a whole different, it's a whole different uh, uh, formula. Well, this, this is not the reason I called, but but how does exercise work into that program? The, I did not exercise at all. So, okay, so they don't promote exercise. Well, they say, I mean, they do want you to walk because walking helps to move around the lymph in the lymphatic system, which has no pump. So you have to walk to, to move uh, the lymph around, uh, which aids in the weight loss. And they, and look, I understand if you do the walking, you build it into your schedule every day. And then you can just, you know, progress and, and, and do more physical activity. And then as you move to the maintenance phase, they do want you to, to start doing some more exercising, which, by the way, I have just because uh, I can do it now without feeling like I'm going to die, you know? Do, do they give a recommendation on whether you do the exercise before or, or after the chips and dip and the whiskey? Uh, usually they want you to do it before because they have this idea that if you do it before – and then you get hungry from the exercise afterwards, then you would eat your normal meal. Uh, what they didn't uh, take into account was that, uh, that I would be eating the chips and the dip and the whiskey and the well, ribs. P, I, I, just, I just called to make a comment. Yeah. At the geezer perspective. <laughs> okay. From prices back in the 1960s, and also as a lifelong North Carolinian, I remember when the first sales tax was enacted. A guy named Terry Sanford, mm-hmm. a governor of North Carolina in the early 60s, rumored and promoted as a VP uh, for even Kennedy, started the 2% sales tax. Well, now, Pete, in certain jurisdictions in North Carolina, it would couple with prepared food, we're like eight and a quarter and eight and a half. Yep. So one of the biggest gainers in this inflationary age is the government, the local government's ability to extract more money out of your pocket. <laughs> now, if, that, if, I will say that being said, I am generally in favor of sales taxes over income taxes. Well, Pete, I don't agree with you there, but North Carolina and even some of our last local politicians have talked about promoting lowering income taxes in North Carolina as the sales tax continues to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. They haven't stopped the income tax. Yeah, well, they haven't they stopped it yet. It. 
Yeah, well, well, now come on, Jim. They've they've lowered it. They've almost cut it in half at this point, and the corporate income tax is less than half of I think what it used to be. So they have made strides there. But you know, you can't you can't go in and upend the whole tax structure uh, without it being seriously um, uh, unsettling, right? And it may end up working out. For the better, uh, for the you know, for the benefit of all, but we're not going to know that. Which is this was their argument was we want to dial it down to make sure that we don't go too far in one direction too quickly. And you got to keep in mind all of the economic trends of when this stuff is occurring. Because if you if you just kind of upset the whole system, put in place another one, and it doesn't go well, you're out of office. So I, I mean, well, I, it was a more conservative approach that the Republicans took. Yeah, I want to make two more comments about the Fed action and gas prices. Uh, because I came along in the 1960s, and I remember some of those things back then. But, Pete, I want to make a comment about what you just said. All right. As long as we continue to have government's ability to have open-ended tax extraction, and what I mean by that is you make more income, you pay more tax to them. At the federal level, make... yeah, well, yeah. At the yeah, federal, but, at the federal yeah. level, because the state capped it, the state moved to the flat rate, and uh, they also then put in the uh, in our in our constitution. Actually, North Carolina caps the income tax rate now. What do they, what do we put it at? Seven percent, something like that, or eight percent? Well, that may be true, but if if, if you're lucky enough to go from a hundred thousand a year to two hundred thousand a year, you're going to double almost the amount you send to them which gives them almost double the power. The sales tax continues to go up. So you got to go buy. A what's shirt. the All right, Jim, hang on. So what's the what is the preferred mechanism to fund government? Well, a, 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 a defined budget every year of income cap, but I know that'll never happen in my lifetime. But the way it's structured right now literally with all kinds of tax Look at your property tax on your house. I know, Jim. But I understand. I understand, but like it's so. What I'm hearing is a general disapproval of like every form of taxation. So how do you no. fund? How do you, okay? So how do you fund the government? Well, a balanced budget amendment, which will probably never happen, like right. I just said. Yeah. In my lifetime. But the way it is right now, as our economy goes, as your income grows, as the value of your house grows, the government collects more money. Correct. If you have to buy a shirt, Pete, you're going to pay 7%. In some counties, I agree. And a quarter percent I got to run. All right, Jim, I got to run. I'm up against the, the news. But good to hear from you. I appreciate the conversation. News is next.